0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great, Okay.
1: Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiancé, Okay, I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season six, episodes 14 and 15 of Before 90 Days. In these episodes, Gino and Jasmine take a very short relationship break, David and Sheila get engaged, Dempsey and Statler don't see eye to eye on kids, Riley leaves an uninterested seeming Violet, Christian claims he's innocently hitting on single ladies, Misha gets spackled by Nicola, and Amanda and Razvan spend some time with his family. As always, we'll Emma Thurston with week, last dances, and life lessons. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy!
0: Hello, Miss O! Hello, Miss H! I would say how are you, but given what you just told me happened at your school, I'm going to say probably not good.
1: Yeah, not great. We had a uh, uh incident and uh we're going to well, let's just put it this way. There's going to be grief counselors there tomorrow.
0: Oh goodness.
1: Um, one of those type of incidents that happened that we just found out about. So, yeah, not the greatest, not the best, not the best day, but I'm going to try to power through and go through these Dumb, dumb people. Dumb, dumb nonsense. Yeah,
0: definitely some dumb nonsense going on. So why don't we start off with uh, top contender for dumb nonsense, and that's Christian and Cleo. So Christian is relying on Cleo to cook this Thanksgiving dinner because he admits to not really knowing how. Cleo has questions on how to actually cream corn, but Christian has no idea. He was like, it just comes from the can. He starts to literally Mm -hmm. butter the chicken, but Cleo suggests that he tried to stuff the butter under the skin. Christian claims to have no emotional connection to the turkey, and Cleo makes a joke about not having any emotional connection to a woman he met in a bar and randomly invited to her holiday dinner cooked by his girlfriend. Luckily for everyone, the woman declined the invite due to other plans christian claims to be on his best behavior especially since jane cleo's friend is joining them and jane doesn't have the best impression of him christian wishes jane a happy thanksgiving as he's trying to be friendly and pours everyone a glass of wine christian wants to make a good impression so that jane doesn't encourage cleo to leave him when he's gone jane is trying to have an open mind after not having a favorable opinion of him based on their last interaction Cleo tells Jane about how Christian invited a rando. Jane asks if Christian has befriended any men randomly, and he says no. And Cleo and Jane both point out that Christian only seems to want to talk to women. Hmm. Christian is feeling defensive that Cleo is telling Jane about this other woman. Jane asks what the motivation is for talking to strangers. Christian says he's just really social and feels like he's pent up if he doesn't just talk to people. Cleo doesn't want there to be conflict, but it does bother her that, uh, enough that she wants to ask more questions. Christian thinks that inviting a woman to their dinner isn't nefarious since it's with a bunch of other people. Christian doesn't consider it leading someone on and is kind of feeling offended since he thinks that's just who he is. Cleo says she's not uncomfortable with him having female friends, but talking to random single women out at the bar would cross the line. Christian then, according to Cleo, takes what she said out of context and Cleo changes the subject to cheese. Jane thinks that Christian won't stop picking up random women at bars. Jane tries to exit immediately because things are just gotten awkward. So once Jane leaves, Christian tells Cleo that he feels like the bad guy and feels like he's being interrogated. Christian turns it around and blames Cleo for making him defensive. Christian continues to be defensive, so Cleo just gets a bit frustrated. Christian also doesn't want to promise to never do it again because he doesn't want to admit that he's been doing anything wrong this whole time. So I covered the first episode we forgot to mention. We're doing two episodes in one because we were both gone. Yeah, sorry. We skipped over that part. Um, So that was the first episode that we're covering. And Mr. O, second episode.
1: take over for Zeppa. second episode. So on the second episode with them – Christian is running out of time to to have his traditional English breakfast, but they're walking down the street and they definitely don't go for a traditional English breakfast, which to me just means beans um, because they go to a donut shop instead. So Cleo is feeling a little conflicted about their relationship. On one hand, she really does feel a good connection to Christian, but there's still a lot of issues, mostly about what happened at Thanksgiving and how he seems to just flirt with any woman he sees alone, which makes Cleo worry about fidelity. So we eat their donuts, and Cleo wants to have an explicit conversation about exclusivity, like for when the trip is over. Christian is confused where this is coming from, and says, "Well, of course he wants to stay exclusive." And she says that the behavior, you know, it, it, it's mostly about his behavior about being overly friendly with stranger women. So, like, and she kind of even cloudsy. She's like, "I'm not trying to isolate you. You should try to make new friends. You should do things with your existing friends, but..." maybe stop approaching single women at the bar. So <laughs> Christian says, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the way he approaches women at the bar. And he says, he even says there's no way any of them could construe him approaching them at the bar as hitting on them. That's just the way he does it. Well, at least in my opinion, except for the fact that approaching women in bars is pretty much a lot of people's definition of what hitting on women. Right. Is. Um, like, yeah. like So he's kind of resentful about this whole thing because it, he, he just feels like he's being held down and penned down, and he's a social butterfly. He needs to do spread his wings, and there's no reason for he's given her no reason um, for him not to trust him. He, so he asks if Are you going to be able to trust me? Like while I'm in another country?" And she's like, "Well, pretty much as long as you're not trying to talk to single women in bars." <laughs> and she starts to cry, and he's like, "Listen, listen, this is pretty much I'm paraphrasing." He calms her down by saying. If I didn't wanted to date with other women, I would just break up with you. Like, I'm not God. cheating before I cheated on you. All right. You have nothing to worry about. I would just break up with you if I wanted someone else. All right. So, I guess I'll go to that. It's like, where is he drawing this distinction between sidling up to the single woman at the bar and chatting her up and hitting on them? Like, that's pretty much what everybody thinks he's doing except for him. Yeah?
0: Yeah. I think like – I I don't know. I I mean, I think that he is exploring other options more, you know, seriously. Um, I think that he may not necessarily, like, cheat on someone. Or cheat on Cleo, but what I think he's doing, I think this is what his game plan is, right? He's gonna just like see if he sees finds anyone better, and if he does, then he'll break up with Cleo, then he'll go circle back and you know, date whoever he just met. I think that's his plan.
1: I, I mean, I think he's I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is I think he's lying to himself, is I think he thinks he's just being friendly, yeah. But when you point out to him, it's like never seem to be friendly with dudes, right? right he just right. it's nice to have the attention of an attractive person from the other sure, gender, sure. right? And that you're attracted to. It doesn't mean you're going to do anything with them, but I can see where you're like, oh, she's cute. I would like to talk to her yeah. because she's cute. You Now, you might not be – that might not be the conscious part of you where right. you're just like, oh, she looks like she needs a friend to talk to her, right? But I think that was very good the way like Jane pointed it out. It was like kind of weird how it's always women. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, and mm, single women. Like, yeah. you know, I know people who really do do that, right? But they talk to everyone. They'll talk yeah. to couples. They'll talk to single yep. guys. They'll talk to single girls. Like, they don't care.
1: They talk to a group of guys. They talk to a group of girls. Right, it's, Yeah. They'll right. talk to literally anybody that's there, yes. for sure. Yes,
0: and I do mm-hmm. have a we also find it to be a bit odd, to be honest, because it's just yeah. like we're going out with a friend and this friend is like literally never hanging out with us. He's constantly <laughs> meeting new people and hanging out with new randos. I think that's odd, but at least I really – don't question his intention because he is he's talking to all groups but christian mm-hmm. clearly has a type of person he's talking to so you can't help but be suspicious it can't be about friendship if you're only talking to single women
1: right yeah and it's and it just it's one of those things that he just he just keeps gets so defensive about yes. it it's like well i'm just i'm just i'm just friendly it's like yes you're friendly to single women yeah. like it's it's like yeah you're not a sec- you're not a sexual harasser right because you know that those things are bad but you have like the inclinations right. for that you're like ooh girls i like girls i'll talk to girls yeah like how attractive he finds them definitely certainly from what we've seen has an impact on how willing and much he wants to go talk to them Whether he admits that to himself or not, right?
0: Yes. No, I can definitely see that. Like, you know, not wanting to admit it. I don't even think to himself. I think out loud, right? Because I am sure and I like I'm willing to put money on this. He has been called a creep. He comes off as a creep, Mm -hmm. right? Like he definitely gives creep vibes. He has to have been called a creep. And so it's like he can't say that kind of stuff out loud. So he definitely Mm -hmm. keeps it to himself.
1: Yeah, he does. But I think – and I think he thinks that's unfair because I feel like he goes in and he doesn't – he never gets to the point – I'm going to put it this way. Most people's game involves, you know, if if he really was trying to pick up these women. Yeah. And I don't know that he is necessarily. I think he does just want to have conversations with them. It's just like, you know, he doesn't – whatever, lying to himself or being creepy is that there's like a line he doesn't cross. He doesn't go up there and be like he says, chats him up, starts going. But that part where he starts like talking about how sexy you are and like, yeah. ooh, that dress looks real nice on your ass. Like that stuff he doesn't get to, I don't think. No, I don't and think so And so either. he's like – and so in his mind, that's like, well, I didn't cross that line. I didn't make gross th- things about her body. I didn't try to touch her inappropriately. A, that means I'm not being creepy. Right. So how could you possibly call me creepy? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's something where it's like if he could defend it. You know, if it was like, look, look at my innocent texts or, you know, yes. listen to what I literally said to the person. Right.
1: I asked about their birthday and what state they're from. Yeah. Right. And like made a dumb dad joke. Right. It's like right. those aren't those aren't any things that, that if you had those conversations with a co-worker, nobody would be like, oh, you better take it easy, buddy. Right. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. So let's go on. And you know what? I just want to get them out of the way because they annoyed the hell out of me. Let's talk Gino and Jasmine. Yeah, okay. So things are pretty bad for Gino. And this fight in particular, when, you know, we had this huge blow, I feel like it was forever ago because it was two weeks ago. They yeah. had a huge blowout and she was like, I cheated on you with my ex so I like fucked a month ago. So Gino hopes and thinks, you know, the probability is it's one of those instances where she just was really mad. And so she says things that she doesn't mean and are lies just out of frustration to get him pissed off. (laughs) So he's sitting and he wants to sit outside and talk to her about these things. So he says he doesn't think she should have been yelling about cheating and then asks, well, is is what you said even true? She says, no, it's not true. I just lashed out because I was hurt that he didn't say that – Gino did not say that she was more important than his family. So – he, but he tries to justify that, being like, "I don't know. I said you were tied. That's pretty important. My family's super important to me, don't you know?" But it's not enough for new for her, and she says that when he leaves tomorrow, they should just go their separate ways. Gino doesn't know what to think because he's said that because that she said this thing has has been over many 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 times yeah. before. Um, but she's like, "No, really, for this time, it is love over because I just don't feel loved, and this is just not not working." And then we just start doing laps around the same discussion for a while. So I'll skip that part um, of repeating, 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 but she is really trying to say, she really is trying to tell him that she's trying to say it's over. So he makes some weird faces for a while and says, well, if that's what you want me to do, then that's what we'll do. And then he tells us in an interview that he doesn't want to go. um, But she doesn't seem to be making amends, interested in making amends right now. And, uh, So, why don't you pick up from there? Because right now seems to be a pretty short
0: period of time. Right. So, Gino arrives (laughs) at the apartment alone because Jasmine's decided to end their relationship and Gino is heartbroken. But he also is kind of angry because he feels like he's done everything to make her happy, even though she blows up at him. He says he's just sick of it. He's going to pack up his stuff and go. But after packing for just 20 minutes, you know, from... The time that they've been uh, separated. Jasmine comes back and asks to talk to him. Jasmine cries, saying she loves him and wants to make this work, but doesn't know how. Gino hugs her and comforts her. Jasmine says she gets so angry and she just can't think clearly. She says she's broken and can't live without him and she doesn't want him to stop loving her. She tells us that she feels like she is to blame because she has so much baggage and maybe it is the best if he just leaves and forgets about her. Jasmine said as soon as he left, she imagined her life without him and it made her physically ill. Jasmine says she understands that his family is important and she says she doesn't want to lose him and she wants to earn her place in his life. Gino tells her that he has had a hard time handling her when she blows up and gets angry, and he says that it's not getting any better, and they just can't seem to overcome this. Gino is on the fence about getting back together because he doesn't feel like anything is going to change. Jasmine says she wants to give him something, and she gets down on one knee and makes a speech about how she's going to change. She shows him the original engagement ring that she claimed to have lost and says that she's been a bitch and she wanted an upgrade. But she says how much this ring means to her because it's from him. So forget about the upgrade. She asks him to ask her to be his fiance again. Gino accepts and puts the ring on her finger. He tells us that he was touched that she had the original engagement ring. Jasmine was nervous that Gino wouldn't accept her proposal and she wouldn't have blamed him jasmine jokes that gino can be her sugar daddy if he wants but she says she will proudly wear the cheapo ring according to her jasmine offers a massage to gino and they close the door to the bedroom gino is getting ready to leave for good now even though things have been rocky jasmine feels good about working through their issues gino has left jasmine a little cash as well as a money transfer to help jasmine pay for rent She, The plan is that she'll be getting someplace cheaper, but also she'll have a six-month lease to make her feel more stability. Jasmine admits that maybe she was a little too unreasonable or selfish for wanting him to pay the rent for her very expensive place. Gino tries to assure Jasmine that her visa will come through faster than she thinks it will. Gino thinks that the trip was incredibly productive and he feels like their connection is stronger than before. Jasmine is crying and upset with immigration for taking so long and keeping them apart. As Gino is going through immigration, they ask him to take off his hat and we get a sly side smile from him as he complies. Mm -hmm. And we get to see his weird patchy baldness again.
1: Yeah, very weird. It's very odd. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, So uh, I'm sure, you know, when you were voicing your frustration before, it's because it's like these two always seem to it's the same story with them. Like, is this the yeah, second time we've seen time. them? Or third? Second, right? <sighs> whatever it was, Might it was third, exactly it the is. same. They keep doing the same thing. Yes. It's
1: literally the same story. She, He does something dumb. She blows up at him. And then she-
0: Maybe takes it a step too far. Then he isn't sure if he wants to forgive her for being so angry. And then, yeah.
1: Yeah. But then she- And then- it's like, and every time she comes back, and like the the thing, she just seems like the most pathetic person in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like begging for and it's part of it is because we know who Gino is. Yeah. Part of it, I mean, I think a good 80% of it, even even though 80% of it is like begging someone to be with you like that is pathetic. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and um let alone, and then you at the other twenty part. You're begging this guy. Oh God, to be I with know, you? right? Like this asshole. Like this. I like... do
0: not get why she is so into him.
1: No, I don't think she. I. I the thing is about it is the way she described it. Is I imagine my life without him, right? I don't think she imagined her life without him. She imagined her life without. Being in a relationship or having someone. Sure. I think she just has severe attachment issues. Yeah. And she's like, this is the one, gotta grab onto it. Cause it's the one that's here. I can see right? that. Yeah. And, and so, so when she imagines her life without Gino, she's just like, Oh my God, not being in a relationship, not having somebody who, who at least pretends they want to be with me is just, that's completely unacceptable. Like, and so since right now she doesn't have anybody else to fill that role, it, it, feels like a complete lost cause to her, like a complete drowning.
0: Yeah, well, I think there's also an element of her life is kind of not so good here at the moment because of her work situation. So if she didn't have him, you know, she wouldn't have necessarily a financial future because – if we were to believe all the series of events that she's talked about, she can't get another teaching job because of her nudes that were leaked online. And so if that's the case, right. it's like, what is she going to do for money? And so if she's not getting Gino's money, like, what is she going to do?
1: And p- but part of that is like, okay, yes, that's a hard situation. That was also like a year and a half or two mm-hmm. years ago. What has she been doing to get herself something else besides teaching? Like it's not like that's the only job in Panama, and like no no one will hire you in Panama because you haven't because you have a couple of nudes on the internet somewhere. I don't believe that. Like you got to be able to do something,
0: right? Like you could be a server or something like that. But I could also be see her being too snobbish for that. Well, then that's her problem. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like, Like
1: it's not like she does have a financial future, but she'd rather, for some reason, attach herself to this piece of garbage than to serve people to than to serve people at a restaurant, which doesn't make. Any sense to me at all. Like that's I would the opposite. I was like, I will do anything to be free of this guy. Yeah. This guy's awful.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're both confusing. They're both terrible. They're both terrible and confusing. Like, I don't understand either of them, how they are so drawn to each other. And I'm also confused by Gino, too, because there are definitely spots in the season this year, especially at the beginning of the season, where I'm like, this guy really hates her. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. thought that.
1: Yeah, he does when she's being independent and she's asserting herself, right? But we had to get into her. He loves the sugar daddy websites. Yeah. Like he loves nothing else than people being like, Oh, yeah, please daddy. So when she got in there and she begged him and she literally got on her hands and knees yeah. to beg him back, he, that's the most turned on he's ever been by her, guaranteed. Like Gross. that just, he, he had, so, he just, he, 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 likes having control and like there's a situation where now he has control over someone. Someone is like begging to be with me. This is the greatest thing ever. That's when he really feels the most for her. When she feels secure in the relationship and then is like, peel the potato, you dipshit. Then he hates her.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking of another couple that kind of has that push and pull, let's talk about Rosman and Amanda. So, Amanda trying to calm Rosvin down as they are on their way to meet Rosvin's parents. He can definitely sense that she's trying harder, and he thinks it's because she's afraid of losing him for good. Amanda is being very playful and affectionate, and Rosvin is feeling a little bit of hope. Amanda recognizes it's her fault that they've been fighting, and she said some truly terrible and hurtful things. She thinks it's on her to prove to him that she really cares and wants to be in this relationship. Amanda keeps checking in on him and asking him if he's still upset. Rosvin seems to be coming around, but he says that he's confused, not really upset. He can't just completely let it go. Amanda wants to fight for the relationship and agrees to take it day by day. She thinks that meeting his family is pretty bad timing, and she's worried that if it doesn't go well, it will be the end of their relationship. Amanda has sweaty palms as they are on their way to see Rosvin's parents and brother. Rosvin is hoping things will be better between them and Amanda will try to make a good impression. This is the first woman Rosvin has brought home since his ex-wife. Amanda feels added pressure for his mom to like her since she didn't like Rosvin's ex-wife. Amanda doesn't want his parents to pick up on their attention and she feels she is not right and feel that she is not right for them. Amanda gives Daniela, Rosvin's mom, a hug as a greeting. Avram, his dad, also hugs her. They have a nice spread of food prepared, and Amanda asks Rosman to offer his mom help. She declines, and they start eating the homemade food. Daniela asks about Amanda's children, who she praises as being very good. Amanda then asks Rosman to ask his parents why they didn't like his ex-wife. Daniela doesn't say anything, and Avramis says it's simple. She was pushy, and Rosman was unhappy. They didn't communicate, and they all thought that she really didn't love him. Avram then cries because he also felt hurt by their relationship. Rasvin says that they weren't a match, and Amanda asks, Does he think they're a match? And Rasvin says he doesn't know because Amanda said they didn't. They weren't a match. Avram has picked mm-hmm. up on energy between Rasvin and Amanda that mm-hmm. seems uneasy. Rasvin felt like he couldn't be himself with his ex, and he's starting to feel the same in some ways with Amanda. He says he's afraid if he is truly himself, she will get mad. And when they fight, he just doesn't see love in her eyes at all.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So then we go to the second part, and this is they were in this, these two are really a big part of the whole thing. So Razvan, after that, has a beach yeah. day planned with uh, with his him and his family, and because it's their last day in Croatia. So Amanda says that you know, after all that conversation last night, they're in a much better place today, which is code for they had enough sex that they both need energy drinks in the morning to go with their mojitos. So Rosvin is uh, happy that Amanda seems to be, you know, trying to work things out, but he's still not 100% back into this relationship. So Rosvin's family shows up and before long, uh, you know, they start talking to each other and, you know, you're an amazing cook to Amanda. You're, oh, you're a nice person from Daniela and things like that. Rosvin leaves to change to his bathing suit and his brother Fabian translates the conversation that he's gone and it's just a bunch of stuff about Rosvin. So when he comes back, uh, he needs to have his mom put his headscarf on to keep his bald head from getting sunburned. And then he goes for a walk with Daniela for kind of advice about what to do here. So Amanda is immediately suspicious that Rosvin is going to say something that make that's going to make mom not like her. So anyway, they sit on some rocks and he tells mom mm, kind of how inconsistent Amanda can be. She's sweet one minute, then she's mean the next, and he thinks she might be sabotaging things, you know, based on her uh, previous trauma. Um, so, Daniela gets where he's coming from, but she's worried that, I don't know if it's the trauma or maybe she's just a fickle person. <laughs> so, in the next scene for their last night in Croatia, he practices, you know, hailing down a cab movie style and they go to a pool hall. So, Amanda is all up in her feelings because she feels like the vibe totally changed when he came back with it with after talking to his mom at the beach um, and he thinks, she thinks that he told his mom some bad things. So he starts to play. And it's before they start to play Rosman. I thought that was really cute. He talks a big game about like, I could do this with my eyes closed. I'm so good at this. Yeah. And then he's just awful. Yeah. Like just terrible. Can't even hit the cue ball. But she's way better. But he's like, at least I look good when I play. And it's like, okay, yes. <laughs> so he started to start talk about the beach. And that's her opening to get to be like, what did you talk to your mom about? So he says he asked for advice and told her about the fights, which is exactly what Amanda was concerned about. So, then she chastises him for bringing third parties into the relationship that interfere and become too much. And when he tries to be like, I don't think I asked her too much. She's just like, you're annoying. Take your turn. But pool. Mm. Which is – and then – so, now she's kind of demonstrating the exact same behavior that he was <laughs> needed to talk to his mom about. he was right. like we were having fun like three, 30 seconds ago and now you're like, oh, you're annoying. Shut up. I don't want so, the next day, things are tense as Rosvin is doing his influencer work of getting paid. Uh, it sounds like he was just shouting out the women who were giving him money. Yeah. He was like, hi, hi. Oh, hi, Nicole. Oh, hi. So, Amanda's upset that their relationship hasn't made any more progress and she needs more solid answers about a future plan. So, when Rosvin is done, she asks, you know, kind of I'm leaving and I want to know where we're going. So, when I leave, are we going to be engaged? Oh, oh God. Rosvin is surprised and confused that this conversation is happening now because uh she seems like she's trying to like lock things down and yeah. she he's like uh we fought for like 70% of the time we've been here. <laughs> like what why like he says that you know it's 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 I know it's and she goes, "Well, you know, it's been so hard for me." And he's kind of like tired of hearing that. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, it was hard for you, but I'm not Jason and you said some really hurtful things to me that actually hurt. Mm. Like – and they still do when you can't just take them back. Um. So anyway, and he – as far as he's concerned, after all the shit she's pulled on him and shit she said to him, like him just seeing through that and being like maybe it's just the trauma is a pretty intense commitment, honestly. Yeah. Most, the implication would be like most people would have broken up with you a long time ago. Yeah. So, Amanda says that it doesn't sound like he even knows if he wants to be with her now. And he's pretty much like, yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> right?" Like, so, I guess my question when I got to that, because I said it when I did this, not even a question. It's just like the
0: audacity of this I woman. Know. Like, I know. I hate this girl so much. And, you know, it's one of those things where – I certainly have empathy for her situation, right? And like yeah. we've been saying this from the very beginning. This is someone who should not be in any kind of relationship that like, by nature of it has to be somewhat serious. You traveled to be with him for weeks at a time, and you kind of almost had to because of yeah. the fact that this is a long-distance relationship. If you are just trying to, like, sure. check out the dating scene, this is not what you do. You just, you know, meet someone around town, like, you don't even have to talk every day, you know, if you went on a date, great, worked out, maybe go on another one a few weeks later, you know, but what really pisses me off is how she keeps on using this as an excuse when she is choosing this every step of the way.
1: She is, yes. I wouldn't say she's choosing violence, but she is. (laughs) But then every step of the way, she's like, what she actively chooses, I could forgive him, I could be patient, or I can be a mean-ass bitch and say, what the fuck, man? And every time, she chooses mean-ass bitch. Right. Every time. Yeah. And that's not on her trauma. Like, that's... that's, It... it, (sighs) If he's trying to think, she's like maybe driving her away or something. But I see what you're saying too, because it's like that's always the what's the best test of a you know fledging relationship. Mm-hmm. You've been seeing each other for a few months. It's pretty regular, and it's like try to take yeah. that weekend away, like see how that goes, right? Right. And she right. did that, just jumped way into it. But yeah, I just it, it's and she just she doesn't see things. And maybe this does have to do with the trauma, but I don't think it does. I think. I think Rosalind's right. She just might be a fickle person because she does not see things the way they are. She saw this visit and said, yeah, we should still get engaged. And he's like, why? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, why? Um, It's just really frustrating to me that, you know, she thinks that he would still want to after – Her putting him through all of that. And that's the other thing where, going back to what you said, like, she's just not self-aware at all. She, to me, is just, like, very entitled. She's very immature. She comes Mm -hmm. off like she's this great prize. And, of course, he wants me. It's up to me to decide if I want him or not. And it was only to the point where she thought like he might not be into it, that all of a sudden she starts turning on the charm and like really upping like the, uh, you know, affection and everything like well, that. And, and putting actually, out, yeah. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> like only then was she like, oh, okay, let me like, you know, try get you turned on and stuff. like. But before that, she wasn't, you know, she was taking her own sweet time, which is fine. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. Just her intentions are not good.
1: No, and then like even with the, even with the pool hall stuff that bothered me. And she was like, "I don't think you should be telling your mom about yeah. this stuff." Here's why I don't think so. Blah blah blah. And then as soon as he's like, "Well, let me tell you my side," she's like, "Shut up! You're annoying. Yeah, I don't want to hear it." Right? That's what the hell is that? Right? Like, what? That's the person you want to be engaged to? You're annoying. Shut up! Like, like, and then, and then I couldn't do it because I, I my my partner pointed it out and I couldn't stop looking at it. She is constantly touching her hair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: Every time she talks, you can't see me. It's just one hand on one side, the other hand on the other side. She just talks with her hands, stroking the front of her hair. That's
0: interesting to me. I very much associate that with like a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Teenage girls definitely do that quite a bit. What I also thought was interesting about touching her hair is maybe she feels self-conscious about it because her roots are growing out. Like, girl's really (laughs) blonde. I was like kind of surprised. I was like, oh, especially because it's like if you're blonde, it's like – usually you want to go lighter rather than darker. Like, I only know a few yeah. people who are just like...
1: Yeah, most uh, most most people who grew up blonde yeah. are like, when they get older are like, I'm not as blonde as I used to be. Let no, me I make it lighter, back. yeah. <laughs> I want to go lighter, yeah. But but she has a weird way of doing it because putting that huge middle part that's just like like a hard, hard, hard part right. is like really shows, really highlights the roots yeah. coming out. Um, but it's also like, I feel like the more... Devices she has it like, because she's just using her hands on her hair. It's one level, and then when then she, she's the meanest and asking about the the are we going to get engaged? I can't believe we are into this. She's got like a hair straightener going the whole time. Oh yeah, like, the more. That's things not she the has first time we've
0: seen the hair straightener either. That time that she was talking to production about you know like oh well
1: yeah, when she's at when she's at her meanest yeah. that hair straightener is in her hand. Right. Like the, mean, the 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 more mean she gets, the more straight like, her hair is. The, hair, the <laughs> more intense the hair. Like, tools are like, oh, if it's just a brush, she's going to be in the middle. I mean, that hair oh, straightener. forget it. Off the charts. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: All right. So, let's go. Um, start with another one. Oh, no. Let's go Stadler and Dempsey. And then we got to go to – there's a couple that I pulled the wrong straw I have to do because yeah. Misha and Nicola were only in episode one and Riley and Violet were only in episode two. Yeah. Anyway, so let's do Stadler and Dempsey first. Though. So, we're back in Stadler's caravan getting ready to meet up with uh, Dempsey's friends. So Dempsey, Dempsey has developed some doubts recently. So she doesn't feel like things are 100%. But they're more on the same page after the, all the moving in stuff. So Statler thinks the whole – Statler is so different than me. <laughs> meeting with friends is just miserable because you have to just go in there and fight for acceptance. And it's just awful. Ugh. She's really nervous about it. So they get to the pub and the friends Lindsay and George are already there. So they fill the friends in with what they've been doing so far and talking about their plans for Dempsey's birthday, which Statler is going to surprise her, but then blows a surprise by saying they're going to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And then she tells them about what they're going to do at Edinburgh, which is like sex stuff, which she's good at, and then talks about many of her uh, sexual exploits and adventures, just like word vomiting at them. That takes them back a little bit. So then, in a bit, Dempsey brings in how Statler wanted to move in without first discussing it with her, and Statler said that's a typical lesbian move. Um, so anyway, especially since you know Dempsey is—they the, were—it's it's especially concerning since Dempsey is the only reason she wants to be in this part of the world anyway. She's just like it's cold as hell here. What the hell? Yeah, like this? I wouldn't want to be there for her anything but her. So anyway, Stan. <laughs> She just cannot manage to think anything without saying it this whole time. It's just complete, you know, no filter. So, when Statler goes to the bathroom, they tell Dempsey that, you know, friends do, that it's kind of a red flag she wanted to move in too fast and especially for a person who values their independence like Dempsey. So, after the friends, we pack ahead to them skipping packing for Scotland. Again, it's a, quote, surprise trip. Um, Dempsey knows the city they're going to but doesn't know anything about the lodgings or the plans. So it's time – when it's time to pack, Statler's ADHD really gets in the way because it's very much like, you know, oh, there's, here's this other thing I see. Oh, I put that and nothing actually ends up in the suitcase. So, uh, you know, and, and Dempsey still has a con- the, uh, uh, discussion with her friends in the back of her head. So Statler thinks that she made have ass of herself in front of her friends, but eh, they didn't say that she was an ass. They said she was codependent. Mm. So Statler says, well, yeah, what's – Codependent, that's, that's what you want to be. That's what a relationship is, right? Gosh. You just want to be with the person all the time. And yeah, that's codependent and I'm codependent. But they are in the car and three hours later, they get to where they're staying, which is a castle. A castle is a big – the killing and the castle is a big part of the surprise. So Dempsey's very impressed with the huge space and the huge bathtub that they get to using right away. So they kind of have a romantic moment in the tub. And this is one of those moments where Dempsey's like, eh, maybe this isn't so bad after all. And that's where we leave there. So.
0: Yeah. But then, uh, so it's Dempsey's birthday and uh, Statler and her are in Scotland. They're staying in the castle. She already says they had castle sex. Check that off the list. Uh, Dempsey says that she was having doubts about Statler after Statler met her friends. But she said that this is the happiest she's ever been in a relationship. Dempsey is starting to warm up to the idea of having Statler move in. Statler makes some off-comment about how they would have children with the most amazing eyes, since they both have beautiful eyes, and Dempsey responds with something like, she would want to carry a child and be a full-time mom. Dempsey says that they would be great parents, but Statler says she doesn't think she would be all that great, and she actually doesn't want kids. Dempsey was told at the beginning of their relationship that Statler was open to having kids, so this is kind of news to her. They are just going to ignore that conflict right now, since they're having such a good time in Scotland. Dempsey says that they will have a talk before Statler leaves or they move in together. Dempsey and Statler are eating breakfast the next morning and Dempsey wants clarity on the whole kids thing because she doesn't want their relationship to be a waste of time. Dempsey asks if they got married and she wanted kids, how would Statler feel about that? Statler asks why she wants kids, and Dempsey says that she would make a great mom, and kids make everything better. I don't know about that, but Mm. uh, Statler (laughs) says that kids seem like a lot of work and cost a lot. Dempsey points out that her dad's relationship with her and her siblings is kind of what inspires her. She wants that same thing with someone else. Dempsey says that she would want uh, one of her own and to adopt one, and Statler says that she wouldn't want to adopt at all because... Seeing as she is an adoptee, she knows what a struggle it is. Statler always felt like something was missing and she feels like she has adoptee trauma. She hasn't quite worked out. Dempsey then says that she will have a child someday. Statler says that having kids is a deal breaker because she absolutely doesn't want kids. Dempsey then excuses herself from the table and says, good talk. Statler was hoping Mm. that she would be enough for her. Dempsey is frustrated that that's not the conversation they've had before to her it's over because kill, kids are a deal breaker for both of them. All right. So, mm-hmm. it definitely doesn't seem that they are on the same page. Uh and do you think it's because they were both kind of lying about their stance on kids it like It sounds
1: like they were. Yeah, yeah hoping it that it, it sounds like they Right. Yeah, that it would blow over, right? Yeah. That
0: one of them would concede to the other.
1: Yeah, but what Okay, so it's one thing they both said it though. Right. Because it's one thing if if like it's a little more clear when it's one person. Like if it's if it's me going into a relationship and I'm like, I'm done. I'm not having any more kids. Right. I'm done with kids. And then to have somebody come into that and then get mad at me for not wanting kids, it's like, well, that's been that's been plain from the beginning. Right. Like you're the one who we're we're tricking you we're fooling yourself. But it does sound like they both said,
0: Oh, we're open to having kids or not having kids. Oh, okay. I'm open
1: to – yeah, I'm open to having kids or I'm open to not having kids and it wasn't. And I'm not even sure how actually prior to this conversation how 100% opposed to having kids Statler was but like this conversation has made her dig in her heels.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: And she's just like, no, no. Well, I'm never having kids
0: then. No. Right. Because it does seem weird that Statler was the one who brought it up in the first place. Like, oh, we Mm -hmm. would have the cutest kids. So, like, if I was Dempsey, like, I would kind of be like, oh, okay. She's talking about having kids. Like, that, you know, seems – I would, you know, with – in addition to Statler actually explicitly saying she was open to it, I would kind of still think, yep, she's still open to it. So to go from yeah. there to literally 24 hours later, I would never have kids. I absolutely don't want kids. It's like, whoa, what's happened in the last 24 hours? Right.
1: It, that doesn't seem like a, a, a decision you make, like, in that time frame, like, <laughs> and, and on that thing. So I definitely think it was a little bit of a heel digging because as soon as – I think I think she really was kind of you know maybe not a hundred percent set against kids until Dempsey said I'm a hundred percent for having yeah. kids and then she was like well then I'm going to be the opposite no never having kids. Um, I also thought it was I also thought it was interesting how Statler brought up the adoption yeah too yeah right and it definitely sounded like another kind of thing like that like she was like well how would you feel about adopting usually if people say that what they're looking for is I would be totally open for adopt to adoption. That sounds great. Like I just want to raise kids and have a happy family. And then as soon as Dempsey said I'm open to adoption, she's like, "No, I could never do that. Never, never would I adopt." And it's like, "Well, then why did you bring it up?" Yeah. I was very confused about that whole thing. That whole whole way that conversation went.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what her intention is because maybe she just was looking to be to point out like the downsides of kids.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I definitely had some like. Issues Like she has her own truth and she lived her life, but like I definitely think she was conflating shitty mom trauma yeah. with adoptee trauma. <laughs>
0: like, sure. Uh, yeah, sure.
1: Because like, it does for everything she say sound like her mom was a piece of work, right? And, right. Like – and a lot of the things she, I felt she said about – specifically about adoptees – I've known plenty of biological parents who give those kids those same feelings. Like, you need to earn your place in my heart. Mm -hmm. You should be grateful that I even brought you here. Right. Right? Those kind of things she was talking about that, like, I just think that's a shitty mom thing. I don't know that that's necessarily an adoptee thing.
0: Sure. Because I could kind of see how, you know, if you have a kind of contemptuous relationship with your adopted mom, how it's Mm -hmm. easier to feel like you're missing something. Right. And it's right. the reason. Where was the good mom I was promised. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> is because right. your real mom isn't in the picture. So.
1: Sure. Sure. I could see that. It's just it. Man. Yeah. That's just. This is just. You these, you can't make assumptions with this stuff. No. Anyway, this is. This is stuff. All right. So now I think the only two we have left.
0: Uh, oh, no. We have David, David and Sheila. Sheila. Yeah, we can talk about them yeah. next. Uh, so right. let's go David and Sheila. So they're on their romantic beach getaway without an interpreter. And David hopes that Sheila will continue to practice her sign language. They're going on a boat tour where they will go snorkeling. David hopes that today is a memorable day because he's hoping to propose. It ends up that Sheila is scared of what could be in the water. David is so happy that Sheila is really trying to sign, even if it's not perfect. Sheila is nervous about signing because she doesn't want to be wrong, and she wishes that she had more confidence in her signing. Sheila and David get in the water to snorkel. They see a turtle, and they're signing underwater, and David says that part of the reason why he really loves swimming is because it's an activity you don't need to hear, and communication underwater relies on signing and eye contact. David sees Sheila's effort into signing as proof that she cares. He's now very confident in their future. Later that day, David is tucking the ring into his pants as Sheila shows off her fancy dress. David thinks that nothing is a sure thing and he'll be nervous until she says yes. David feels that he has finally found true love in Sheila and he hopes that she believes in it too and says yes. They both drink a glass of wine and Sheila immediately is turned off because it's strong and she says it smells funny. When their food comes... Sheila doesn't want to eat because she's lost her appetite. She then starts to cry and David remembers the stress Sheila is under with her mom passing away and her son not really wanting to move to the U.S. He's now wondering if this really is the right time to propose. Sheila is actually just sad that David will be gone soon, so David thinks maybe it is the best time to propose to reassure her and make her feel hopeful about their future. As David is in the middle of a speech about their relationship, Sheila notes that David is sweating a lot. We see David literally sweating through his shirt. He stands up to take another sip of wine, and while Sheila is distracted by drinking water, he takes out the ring and says he has something for her as he gets down on his knee and simply asks if she will marry him. Sheila has tears in her eyes uh, as she asks if he's for real. She signs yes, and David puts the ring on her finger. David clumsily spills the wine as he stands up, but they kiss and are all smiles. Sheila tells us she wasn't expecting this, but she's very happy.
1: Alright, so On the second half, their weekend of luxury is all up. And David and Sheila need to head back to Cebu City. So David is sad to leave a place where they had so much fun becoming engaged and having lots of, I'm going to put this in quotes, memories like doing it missionary and doggy style and all kinds of positions that he signs with his hands. So anyway, Sheila has been signing this whole time and which is David really is, is really happy about. So she's nervous to tell her father and son about them getting engaged. Especially since in the early conversation with uh, John Real, uh, he said he didn't really want to move to the U.S. And Sheila has no intention of leaving the Philippines without her son. So they get back to – and Simplico and John Real are sitting outside. They're drinking some Cokes and Sheila gets straight to the point point, tells them they're engaged. So John Real, they kind of ask how he feels and he takes a beat and says he's happy. Then they ask how he would feel about moving to the States and we have some more dramatic music and some more beats – um, before he says, oh, he'll go. He's excited. He's, and then he says he's excited to go to America because the houses are big and, you know, the food is good, mm-hmm. delicious food, which is not something I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought people, I know different countries, different things. I'm usually associate, i always thought foreign people were like, your food is like junk food. I mean, if, if you're a kid and you're like, wait, they have like cookies and like popcorn and cheeseburgers everywhere. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so he tells the interview that he was nervous about meeting David at first, but he clearly loves his mother and he's a happy person, even if he is a mute. Um, so he also asks like David if, and Sheila if they're going to have five kids, which seemed like some sort of inside joke thing. And they're like, ha yes. Gosh. So we get to the scene where David has to pack up and leave, which is just mostly full of them making sad faces and riding in the car and signing how much they're going to miss each other. And he says he wants to bring her over to the Philippines, but he really doesn't have any idea. What he's in for with this K-1. So, if a goodbye at the airport is very emotional, involves David loudly crying and tears from Sheila as well before he finally leaves. Um, So, I don't know. What do you think kind of got John Reel's change of heart from, uh, I have my friends here,
0: to like, oh, I don't move to America. Uh, I I can't imagine that he's super stoked about the random house that they're living in, you know? And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's got to be traumatic. Like, basically, our house killed grandma. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I, I yeah, can't imagine sure. that he's like wanting to live in that situation. So I feel like he probably has maybe a higher than reality expectation of how nice America's going to be. But I'm sure he sees his own situation and is like, well, it's got to be better than this. Yeah. I so mean, let's try it out. Because I think also kids don't have like that sense of permanence, right? Like. Oh, I can just yeah. come back if I hate it. I'll just live with grandpa.
1: Yeah. Also, in terms of like the size of the houses, he might not hit. The, I think this, in terms of the size of the houses, is he imagining like, you know, the Fresh Prince house, right? Is that that's where he's going to live or, but like he's going to have like, there'll be like air conditioning, like, and things like that. Like, that sounds, it'll definitely, you know, be, uh, I don't know if i was to say an improvement, but an, it will be an improvement based on where he is now. I just, I'm like, I hope there's other family around for grandpa. Like, I don't want want them to leave him all by himself there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of true, especially because grandma isn't around. But I mean, quite honestly, and this is the kind of interesting thing. They're definitely like in it for the long haul where like they're planning on it being years before she'll be able to get there. And it's kind of like too long. John real like, will he really want to move there when he's like practically an adult? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. Yeah, but I do. I hope that they have more family. I mean, we didn't meet more family, but I do hope there's more family and dad just isn't in this like practically broken home by himself.
1: Right. And well, he, he doesn't look like he can work very much. So, right. we have to give him money too. <sighs> All right. So, let's go. So, we have two more and like I have to talk about both of them <laughs> because Misha and Nicola were only in episode one. Oh, right. So – This is back in the day. So we start in a chapel with Nicola saying the Ave Maria and singing the Ave Maria, I'm sorry, and praying the rosary. So it's five days. We keep counting down on all these before uh, it's time for me to go home. And he wants to make this work so that seven years of effort don't go down the drain. So to kind of, you know, save things, go to the Dead Sea, which according to Nicola is the location of Sodom and Gomorrah before they were destroyed by God. I don't, I'm really curious about the... Provenance of some of the things he says. Yeah. So like, did he just make that up? Is there actually a legend that says that? I don't know. He just says these things like as if they're. And I will take your like, word for it as
0: being someone who was yeah. very educated
1: in Catholic religion. Yeah, I don't remember that ever coming up. I'm right. Sodom and Gomorrah oh, with yeah, things, but sure. like the location of them, yeah. I think was pretty much up for dispute. Or you know, we're also Catholic and we're like, did they even really exist? Or like, just <laughs> sure. a story. Like, there's a whole thing. Anyway, so as they approach. It looks less like the fire and brimstone that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah than that. So they get there and Misha like tastes the water, which of course is – it's the dead sea. It's the saltiest body of water on earth. Um, So she says it tastes like a really salty dirty martini. So next up, (laughs) Nicola is trying to be romantic by – they're doing like a thing where they're doing like a mud bath. He covers her in mud, um, which – you. She was clearly psyched up for it to be like you're gonna rub mud all over my body, and it'll be sensual <laughs> and caressing. And he just like slap, plop, move, and he's just like, this is not sexy. Right? Stop this.
0: She uh, um, likened it to speckling.
1: Spackling, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, so we should like, right. Um. So maybe she wishes he was a little more flirty and fun, and less more like drywall. <laughs> so she understands that it's his lack of experience, but. Then gets in a conversation about, like, how, you know, you're not very experienced. Maybe you should, maybe you could ask me things, you know, because it's one of those things he, he always is telling her about this is where Sodom and Gomorrah was. This is where the right. refugees from this, right? He has all the answers. But in this realm of being sexy and having sex, it's definitely uh, her that has more of the answers. But he doesn't, he doesn't think he has to do that. I mean, they told him they teach you in fifth grade how to have oh, sex. Oh, God. So. <laughs>
0: I don't think they're teaching fifth graders good sex. I I just don't. It's all mechanics.
1: Yes. It's all this part fits into this part, the end. (laughs) Right? So, yes, there's definitely not like – I really sincerely hope they're not teaching like technique. How to
0: pleasure a woman the best. (laughs) Let's
1: hope not. Like do the ABCs. Like none of that. (laughs) Oh, Very concerning. (laughs) So, anyway – He's confident he'll be ready when, when for sex the time comes. He might be again. He might have to get out of his old sex book from fifth grade. But in an interview, uh, evidently that what is it? Oh, so anyway, they get in the water to wash off the mud, and it it he while they're in there, he shows off his best dirty dancing moves. Like he just like starts dancing in the water for some reason. So then they go to the old city of Jerusalem and do the like real stations of the cross. Like they actually get an actual cross. And walk through the streets of Jerusalem being like, this is where Jesus was sentenced. This is where he walked next, like following the path of Jesus to the crucifixion. They're both really into it. Of all the thing, things that are very Catholic, Stations of the Cross is right up there. Sure. So the next day, they're getting coffee. And Nicholas shows uh, how he's adjusting by like listing the most basic things in the relationship. Like, I got you the type of coffee that you ordered. I listened to what restaurants you wanted to go to. So he tells us that he might be ready to propose here, but first he needs some reassurance because he noticed that since she's been in Israel, eh, she hasn't really been returning his I love yous. Mm. So she says that she didn't mean to not return any of his I love yous. She's sorry for that, but it it's been different and he's been different since she got here. So she wants she wants uh, to worry about some other issues besides how often they'll say I love you though, like Am I going to be able to get this annulment that you said I have to get before I get married? Which comes back from way earlier. Well, it was just And she's like, that's one of the reasons she says she's putting walls up. And, you know, it's that. It's the annulment. That's why she's putting mm. walls up. Not because he gives her the ick. Yeah. I
0: don't know about that.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I what she's saying. Do you, think, do you think she's like, it's getting worse and she's getting the ick from this yeah, guy? Yeah. Like,
0: she is envisioning, like, jackrabbit sex you know, like based on his quote sensual mud bath whatever, like she's just like this guy, he's just gonna yeah. go ham and it's not gonna I be good. I don't
1: even think he's I don't think he has the energy of a stamina to even do that. It's just <laughs> it's just gonna be like it but I I definitely would imagine like no foreplay sex. Yeah. Like, okay, pants off, here it comes. You're like, whoa, oh, bad, bad. <laughs> No, yeah, not fun. Yeah, right? especially because um, let's
0: be real here—they're a little bit older. Like, mm, that seems like a bad idea for everybody yeah, involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, things things change. You need to have some extra assistance in there sometimes. Right. Yeah, get, oh get it down. Goodness. Like, but he's not. But that's the thing—is he's not gonna. And that's what's frustrating to me about him is this is one area where both of them acknowledge she knows more than you do. But
0: I don't even think he is but acknowledging that. He doesn't. That. And yes. He doesn't.
1: It's ridiculous for him to not acknowledge right. that. Right?
0: He isn't acknowledging it because I honestly, and this is why, long term, I just don't know if this couple's really going to work out. He seems like mm-hmm. really misogynist. You know, like he's yeah. the man. He knows everything. How could a
1: woman tell me anything? Right? Yeah. And just
0: because I'm the man, even though I've had zero sex, like I must know. More than you
1: Right It's definitely Going to be like No It's not there It's farther back Dude No That's not where it is You have to stop
0: (laughs) Oh goodness No This is going to be so bad And you know I thought it was Kind of funny That producers Were definitely Trolling Misha Right Because She was like What I've been saying I love you back And so they did like A playback of like What (laughs) Miko was talking about she most certainly Did not Say she loved him back.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't either because his I love yous came after he was usually after he was being a giant dude to her. Like, and it's like, I love you, baby. And it's
0: like, that was the other thing that I will have to say is like, they were very clearly in some kind of like uh, intense and like conversation and it was almost like he muttered it under his breath you know like i could kind of see where you're like focused on what you're gonna say because it's like an intense conversation you didn't even hear Mm -hmm. that he said he loved you
1: yeah yeah and it's like i don't know it's it's it's, i love yous need to be deployed better like it needs to be intentional and not just well they do need to be intentional too because that's the thing if you feel like oh, you're saying it out of reflex yeah. or you're saying it to get out of being in trouble, then it it it, it does lose its meaning and you don't want to
0: say it back. Right. And I think in this case, it probably needs to be a standalone statement as well.
1: Yes. Sometimes you just need to say it without right. anything else. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And not tack it onto the end of an argument. Right. It, right. Take the sting out of it for sure. Yeah. All right. So leaving them, let's go to Riley and Violet. So this is only in episode two, which is the newest episode. So Riley starts off, they're walking through the streets of Ho Chi Minh City, and he's singing the praises of Vietnam, and he asks Violet how she's feeling about him leaving. By the way, him just directly asking Violet, how are you feeling about X, is a common theme for this whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, Violet says she was really upset about hearing about the private investigator, and she still doesn't know how to process it, but this is the time that she has to spend with Riley, getting juice, and he gets tea and ice cream.
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: I don't, that's... A weird combination. I think it's pretty
0: me. typical. I, it's, I,
1: I take that back because like when you get like puffing, su, there's like green tea ice cream. There's literally tea flavored ice cream. Yeah. So anyway, he's sad because he has to leave and he apologizes for talking to the PI. So he knows now that the p- best thing, uh, the biggest thing they, their problems all stem from was, well, at least according to him, is their lack of communication or the inability to communicate properly. So he then asks her again directly, well, how do you feel about me? So, she says, eh, I'm in between. Like, you hurt me a lot, but I kind of like you, I guess. So, we'll just have to wait and see. So, Riley says they owe it to themselves to make a real effort after knowing each other for two years. But both say they're going to work on it and each has their own list of things they kind of want the other person to work on. So, before he finishes his ice cream, uh, she asks if, uh, you know, maybe we'll get together tomorrow morning while you're packing your luggage. Which is as... <laughs> As close as we're going to get to like a big commitment here. So, they play like the celebratory victory music. Like, (laughs) oh, isn't that nice? They're seeing each other in the morning. So, then we skip to the morning with Violet coming back to the hotel to help him pack. And she's pretty bummed about – he's very bummed about having to go. So, she gets there and immediately gives him shit about overpacking. Like, she comes in and is like, why do you have all this stuff? Why why did you pack all this? So, before he leaves, he wants to make sure they are committed to continuing to communicate and working on things – And Riley uh, thinks that, you know, she has her walls up during all during this conversation. But he doesn't. He's wants to live that no regrets life now. So we get a really long, awkward process of Riley trying to say "I love you" without actually saying "I love you." Oh God, that was so painful. It was very painful. It starts with like, uh, you know, how I feel about you, right? I mean, I really, really care about you, and it might be. Deeper than caring, if you know what I mean. And she's like. What? I don't. <laughs> she's like, say what you mean. What? Huh? And then he was like, okay, well, I don't. you know how hard it is to say, but I.
0: Blank I, you.
1: I and she's like, just stop. Don't, don't, don't say that. Like, she's like, we need more time. So, she feels like if he says it now, it's really just words because she needs to prove it by like actually changing for the better and not just saying things. So, they walk out doesn't even get a kiss goodbye he like kisses her on the forehead she didn't look up and he gets going so he's really not thrilled how, about that how morning went and as he leaves he tells us that from here on out the ball's in her court it's all about what she wants for this relationship really he wants it to continue but it's all up to her okay so like i i guess what i because i actually because we did that had that mess up with the notes i had to watch this part yes. twice and i feel like the first time i watched it i thought that Violet was like, didn't want him to say it because it was like, if it's this hard, just don't fucking say it. Like, you don't mean it if you had this hard. But the, the second time, I was like, she literally did not know what he was getting at. Oh,
0: yeah. I took it to mean both, right? She really didn't get it, and uh-huh. then once she finally, she was like, yeah, just don't say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I kind of yeah, took it. it's
1: one thing because it does. It's like, yeah, if it's this hard for you to say mm-hmm. it, you don't mean it.
0: Like, yeah, no, and I super appreciate that she felt that way, but. This is someone who does not want anything to do with this guy. She couldn't muster any kind of affection, uh, any kind of like, you know, oh, last goodbye. Like even fake it, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like and I kind of appreciate that about Violet a little bit. Like she is not someone who's going to sugarcoat things or pretend when she doesn't feel that, you know, but at the same time, it's just like. Man, if you don't feel it, just tell him to be on his way. Like, n- now this guy thinks like, oh, well, the ball's in your court, so I'm still in it. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't say she's necessarily stringing him along. You really should be able to read the writing on the wall. But at the same time, it's like, he shouldn't have to interpret what you're doing. Like, just be up front. Be like, no, nah, I'm not into yeah. this.
1: Well, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, and <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Sh- and I I, just, I feel like she just felt he he like guilt tripped her into at least like hang out with me until I leave yeah. right and she was like all right fine I'll hang out with you until you leave like okay yeah we're gonna continue this sure we are fantastic right. um, that said based on the previews for next week <laughs> it might be a
0: little oh bit oh god of I know yeah so in the previews we see that Violet was pregnant with Riley's. Child, apparently, um,
1: or at least that's what she says. I think. I think I know what Riley's going to say. And Riley's <laughs> going to
0: say, "You're too old."
1: I think Riley's going to say, "We never had sex." What are you talking about? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I was
0: going to say a couple things. Yeah, uh, that's actually true. Do we even know that they've slept together at all?
1: We definitely do not. It was not never part of the season where they did. They even did that thing. Did what happened last night? And they're like, "Well, that definitely didn't happen." Huh, interesting. And, like it seems to me riley would love to be on camera being like that's right i'm a big man yeah i got gosh. like
0: yeah um yeah i do have questions now that i'm thinking back on the their sexless uh vacation so
1: right because she barely even like touched him i would mean, even see him kiss right like really yeah
0: that's true okay then that seems like a funny thing to be bringing up and i mean violet <laughs> must not think that he's that dumb right yeah <laughs> You oh, yeah. Unless- immaculate conception. That's what's happening over here. Oh, but by the way, you're also the father with this immaculate conception.
1: Yes. <laughs> we didn't do it. However, you're still – I stole some of your sperm <laughs> while you were here. <laughs> and now you're the father. Oh, now goodness. Yeah, there we go. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's something. I don't know. They're just they, – Riley is a piece of work. Like – Violet is seems completely disinterested in everything. It's it's another one of those why are you even here? Why are, why is I don't understand why he's so adamantly wanting her when she's not giving him anything back. That's that's what I don't get.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Um this couple is very weird. I don't see them being together for very long. I feel like he's just yeah. in it so that way he can play the victim at the end of the day, right? Like Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't go hard on her. Like, she broke up with me. I'm heartbroken.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. So, that's everybody, I think. Yeah. I All right. Because thankfully, we didn't get it up last Tyree scene. And so, it does sound like next week is the last regular episode. And then they have a two-part tell-all coming up. So, better than the... Four part tell all extravaganza they did after uh whatever HEA last time. Yeah, that
0: was I'm a little confused though rough. because they said that the first part of the tell all is on the 23rd, 20 or the 24th. I mean, yeah, 24th. So, yes. to, so next week is just the final episode and then they'll start. next week is just the oh, final okay. episode, okay.
1: yeah, and then, then then they have the tell all after that. I assume we'll see. They could always string us along. Um, so given that yeah. students of the week
0: uh, i actually went with rosvin like yeah me too I, he's like, just yeah. Uh, handling the situation, being real about it, which you know frustrates me and I'm sure frustrates you too. It's like when people, okay, a perfect example, Gino and Jasmine. They're not being real about their situation, right? Oh, I just love right. you. I can't imagine being without you. Like, let me ignore all the unhappiness, all the fighting and right. like, let's just be together and like, that's enough. Right. and
1: that's, yeah, you're right. That's where he's at. He's like, hey, I definitely have a thing for you. That's why we're doing this right. all together. However, the time we've spent together has been mostly fighting. Right. And I don't want to do that concerned. for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's good for you, <laughs> Jasmine, for identifying that and identifying that that's not how you want to live with your life. So, yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. Uh,
0: what about Dunce?
1: I'm going to say Jasmine just for that pathetic, like 20 minutes, 20 minutes was all it took for her to be go from, you should definitely get on the plane. We're done. We can't do this yeah. anymore. To please, 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 I love you so much. Take me back, keep me back, to me back. Like, that's just awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. So, we're definitely on the same page here.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So, life lessons. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So, my life lesson is uh, you need to be up front about what you want in a relationship if it's going to be a deal breaker and i feel like people aren't like that because they're like well i don't know what the other person feels like and i don't want it to be a deal breaker but it's like but if if it is a deal breaker you need to be upfront about it because you shouldn't be this far into a relationship and then figuring out like oh i guess i really do want to have children i probably shouldn't have said that i'm open to not having children
1: yeah. I mean, mine was on the, mine's more or less on the same page. It was kind of the older you get, the earlier the conversation about children has to happen. like, um, And it needs to be an explicit one. You can't, you have to actually be honest with them and with yourself with how willing you are to have kids because it can't be, you're right. Because I feel like a lot of people say maybe just because they think that giving a hard yes or a hard no is going to end the relationship. And the yeah. problem is, is like you said, that hard yes or hard no is going to end the relationship. Yeah. Just a matter of whether it does it now or whether you're in deeper and, you know, more committed when it, when that happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, we apologize for having to double up this week. Once again, we have had kind of a crazy end of the summer. Things have been really nuts. But uh, will we be, be back with the season finale next week? So until then. Okay, right, bye. All right,
1: see everybody then. Good.